like yeah. how we're getting ready to talk about like all this gendered stuff and like this is sitting on my table. <laughs> <laughs> Describe for the listeners what that is. Um, a set of pink and gold bows with glitter. As much no. glitter as you could possibly have. It's very Who, sparkly. It's Whose are those? Huh? Whose are those? Oh, they're Winnie's. They're my daughter. Oh, they're your daughters. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I can't even pass it off as my own. <laughs> a little small, perhaps. Just a teeny bit. So... Uh, we should just jump into the show because yeah. this is a very exciting one for us. We have our first guest. Hi. Ah, hi. Hi. Uh, <laughs> maybe our guest can introduce herself. Sure. Uh, my name is Lauren. I write at I'm Better in Real Life, and I um, know Haley from the internet, and we were in a mom group together, so that was very apropos. Also, yes. Awesome. Very fun. Good, good. So for those who haven't heard this show before, maybe this is your first time, this is Otterly Rad. We're a show where we talk about rad things for parents, kids, families of all shapes, sorts, and types. Uh, yeah. yeah. So today, uh, oftentimes we start with sort of a, an article or a book or a product or something like that. But this time around, we were kind of talking back and forth over email about different topics that we'd be interested in discussing. And uh, the subject of colors came up, uh, which I think we all had things that we wanted to talk about. So maybe I'll throw it to uh, to Haley first. Sure. And let her kind of set the scene for us. So the scene is uh, like, I guess, 1992. And I'm a little kid. And I have begged for my room to have a unicorn border because borders were a thing in 1992, if you recall. Mm -hmm. um, and my dad was like, sure, go for it. My mom was all like, no, she's not going to like unicorns in five years. Like, there's no reason to put up this super, super traditionally feminine border. But I got my way and I got my unicorn border and it was awesome for about five years. And then it wasn't awesome anymore. <laughs> but um, fast forward to now, and I'm an information professional, and I still really like unicorns. Back to the unicorns. Yep, back to the unicorns. So it just it makes me really think hard, I guess, about how I introduce um, traditionally feminine things to my daughter and how I support her in whether she likes those things or not, and how much of those things I introduce to her, um, just looking long-term and kind of wondering how those things can really impact a person long-term. As, um, as I discovered, it didn't seem to make that much of an impact. It didn't, um, liking unicorns and liking pink as much as I did, and I really, really did, um, wasn't really something that impacted my life long-term. Um, it was for me a phase, and I also had phase where I refused to wear dresses of any type. So to me, it, it's a very fluid thing, but it seems more and more that um, it's seen as less fluid and more either you dress your daughter all in pink and she'll turn into um, this bubbly Galinda-type character, or you don't, and that doesn't happen. Um, so yeah, I guess I, I just wanted to open up the floor and talk a little bit about how we deal with color in our lives. Cause I feel like we probably all deal with it in very different ways. And I don't necessarily think that any of one of our ways of dealing with it is wrong or right. But I just think it's really interesting because it's this 
really integral part of our daily lives. That's just, it's there. You have to choose a color in the morning. So what do you choose? Yeah. And, and I think maybe at this point, I'll throw in a, uh, an article that I found that we'll put in the show notes at utterly well, no, not utterly rad.com soundcloud.com slash utterly rad. Uh, it's this, series of images that were done by a South Korean photographer with kids and they're surrounded by their favorite colors. So in this case, it's, it's little girls who are all in pink and surrounded by pink and little boys who are in blue and all surrounded by blue. And obviously these are a bit, um, exaggerated perhaps, but I think one of the challenges that you're talking about is how to introduce some things without it being this like glut of one or the other that, that seems to be pushed in a lot of ways. It's, it would be very easy to do everything pink for the girl, everything blue for the boys and just have that be it. So being a little more thoughtful about that. Uh, Lauren, do you want to jump in? Yeah. So, um, so I have a little boy who's going to be three in March and then I have a, almost six month old daughter. And, um, colors are such an interesting dilemma. I feel because they're so, there's so much weight to them, even when like you're pregnant, like, mm-hmm. like, I, and, and like, not like if we're talking like about clothing specifically, um, like right away, people were getting me stuff with like, like sports memorabilia on it too. Like, like for little boys, it's like blue and sports and trucks and like, um, and like just really like dark color. Like the options just weren't there for colors for my, for my son, which was frustrating for me because I really love bright colors and I love being able to express yourself in that way. And, um, and like more than just like pigeonholing kids, I feel like we're limiting them when like, the only options for them are, are this one corner of the color world. And, and it's also interesting. I keep waiting for my, for my son, cause he's the older one to like develop favorites because I, I just want to know what he likes. Mm-hmm. And I have no idea when that happens, but, it, but I keep being like, <laughs> so who's your favorite person at school? And he'll be like, friends. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then he's like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what's your what's your favorite book? And he's like, uh, like he just like, doesn't know like the concept of favorite. So, so I kind of have to like, kind of like see like a sleuth, like what his favorite color is. Cause he doesn't, he doesn't have that concept. Like he just doesn't have any preferences. And I think the world wants kids to have these preferences like right away. Like, Oh, you're a, you're like this kind of person. Like you're, you're like a six month old like child. And you're like, Oh, they're definitely going to be a musician and they're definitely into like, you know, whatever, like sport. And they're, you know, like, Oh, we're going to buy them all this stuff. Cause like, this is who we want them to be. And the reality is like, that is just not even remotely true. Right. So like color, color is exactly like that. Yeah. It's aspirational in a way. I mean, I don't think that every kid with a football onesie is going to turn into the football right. player. His, his parents really want him to be, <laughs> We'd have yeah. a lot of football players. Yeah. Yes. Well, and you know, parental preference is interesting 
Right. Um, in fact, there was a study. I didn't send this one, but I can stick it in the show notes too. Um, an interesting little study. It was only with a few hundred people, but they asked these folks what their favorite colors were. And then they looked to see what their favorite colors were and divided them up by whether they had boys, girls, or both. And what they found was that especially with women who had boys, they tended to say their favorite color was a more traditionally feminine color. Huh. Huh. Almost in a sort of reaction to all of the like gendered stuff that the kids were, yeah, that the boys were getting. That's true. yeah, it's kind of, of an interesting, yeah, kind of an interesting thing. But, you know, the the parental preference thing, I think, does make a difference. You know, when, when my wife and I were discussing our kid before she was born, one of the things we talked about was if she decides that she likes pretty dresses and makeup, who's going to teach her about that stuff? Because that is not either one of us, like my wife is not, you know, we, we sort of grew up during that whole grunge kind of period. So we were, we are not very much into that kind of stuff. My wife doesn't really do makeup or anything like that. So it's like, if my daughter wanted to be more traditionally girly, who, who would do that? It's, It's just interesting that we wanted to make sure that she has that option. But, uh, I could tell that if I wasn't as sort of thoughtful about it, that it could easily have become, well, we want our daughter to be like this. Yeah. Therefore, here's what we're going to do to make sure that she is like that. Right. But then, okay. But then like, so I want my son to be um, like in touch with his feelings and I want him to be not aggressive or violent. So like, there's also that angle. Like, yeah, I, I think that, well, if the traditional, I don't know, if the traditionally feminine stuff veers more towards the nonviolent, then that's, I mean, that's not a bad thing. I, I don't, I have a difficult time, I guess, when people pigeonhole femininity as this thing that's bad. Like, I don't mind dressing my daughter in pink because I think that there are positive things about being female. I mean, I'm a feminist and I like being female and the fact that society has decided that pink is the girly color to me, like, yeah, there are some downer aspects to that. I don't like that. It's seen as the frilly um, weak color, but it doesn't have to be that way. I can still dress my daughter in pink. And that doesn't say that I think she's weak or that she is weak or I don't know. It's really complicated because there's nothing wrong with being feminine. And I really dislike the idea that in order to raise a strong daughter, I can't dress her in pink, I guess. So I think to there's your also point, like a, like a thing about like pink equals princess too. Like there's right. like a new, it's like not just like ultra feminine. It's also like mm-hmm. ultra feminine slash uh, like a major B like, <laughs> Like being super spoiled and like thinking you're like above it all. And Mm -hmm. that's, that's like a weird development. Right. It's really unfair to this color, to be honest. Like no one in blue is like, oh, well, they're clearly a jerk. Blue. Right. Jerky jerk. Right. Nobody. It's just like (laughs) a, it's like a. It's not like there's no bro equivalent here. No, because it's either neutral Mm -hmm. or girly. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
yeah, it and it's so awesome. much it's so much more acceptable, I think, a lot of times for boys or guys to be little, you know, to be, like you said, more aggressive or just kind of jerks, frankly. And like it's not just accepted, it's almost like expected. Well, not only that, in a crappy way. But it's it's seen as a good thing to dress up your daughter as like a tomboy. Like, ah, mm-hmm. what a tomboy. Like, that's really cute. She wants to be a boy. Ha ha ha, that's adorable. But you do the same thing for a boy, and like, how dare you? <laughs> this poor well, child is being is being put in pink. I mean, my God, the and torture. just that just right. that coding of like dressing a girl in a more in a less like pink pink princess way means that they're dressing like a boy. Exactly, it's yeah. frustrating. Because I I like them both. I think that my daughter looks really cute in pink. (laughs) And I'm not going to just not (laughs) dress her in pink because society tells me that that means something. Yeah, you're not a good feminist. I know. I'm bad. You're bad. You're a bad feminist. (laughs) I'm a bad feminist. (laughs) But, um. Well, and and this is such a a recent invention, relatively. Um, there's this Smithsonian article I can stick this up to, uh, but there was this clothing industry magazine in the early 20th century that wrote that pink is for the boys being a more decided and stronger color. <clears throat> and that delicate blue was for girls. Well, that goes back to huh. what women wore in weddings too. Wasn't blue the color of purity and all that? Like white was more about money, I thought. Yeah, I mean, there, there's, well, and so many different cultures have different associations with these things. It's just interesting how much this sort of got codified within just a couple of generations, really. Do you think that now we're trying to put people in, in like, more of a box than we used to be? I mean, I don't think, I think there was, like, a long period of time where nobody really questioned the social roles of anyone, because for a variety of reasons, possibly because they were just trying to like live to be 40 or something, but like, <laughs> minor details. <laughs> yeah. Trying to survive. It, it's like, it was kind of just expected. You, you like women were very much trapped in certain roles, but now it's like, well, now the roles are so much wider. So now we must understand them, you know, to, to the nth degree. Right. And I wonder too, if that has a certain amount to do with um, the advent of technology and the fact that we all have the ability now to look at a screen and say, I am a B C D, E. Oh, yeah. And you can have it all right there. And other people can see that in a way that before, if you were just journaling that or just kind of writing it down for, you know, five people to see, it wouldn't really matter if you were being that specific about who you are and who you are not. So I wonder if that's connected to that, too. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, there's there's so many... um, the internet especially is sort of a double-edged sword in this case, because you can totally find a community built around whatever thing you're into, you know, whatever obscure band that you love, whatever particular kind of, I don't know, fan fiction you like to write or, or however you like to dress or anything like that. But at the same time, there are so many other people who are also online and willing and, looking to sort of tear people down for what they are, no matter what that is, really. How old is your daughter, Nathan? Uh, She is uh, 15 months, I guess 16 months, basically. So So she has not started to be, to have like preferences yet. 
Well, it's interesting you say that because if I put two, you know, shirts in front of her and get her to pick one, she always picks the more sparkly one. Okay. As one should. Yeah. Well, now <laughs> it's interesting though, right? Because at her age, is it because it attracts her eye more because it is more sparkly or is it that she likes it more? That concept of like, does it just attract her eye versus is it a choice that she's making? I'm a conscious impressed. choice that she's making. I'm impressed What's you that? gave your daughter a choice because I don't give my kids any choices on their clothing yet because <laughs> I just enjoy dressing them. Then I'm like, this is what I picked out for you. I apologize oh, if it's not what you like. Right. It's totally it's totally <laughs> lazy on my part. Like there's a bag of clean clothes on the floor and I say, go pick a Go pick some clothes, kid, you know, go pick some stuff out. <laughs> and then when you're after, after that, go, go, you know, go to the vegetable garden and pick out some carrots, make your That'd lunch. Be, <laughs> if she would do that, that would be <laughs> awesome. No, I, but I, I, I don't mind giving her that choice because in all honesty, with the clothes that we own for her, she's not going to pick something that like, I'm going to be mad at her leaving the house in. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it doesn't have to match. It doesn't have to be right. one thing or the other. She's going to the babysitter's house or we're going to the grocery store or to the park or whatever, you know. She's not the gonna only- pick up the, the t shirt that's like, I love steak. <laughs> I love steak may not yeah, I get what you're saying. Yes. Um but yeah, I mean i think so many, once she's able to make the choice on her own and has the desire to have whatever it is, as long as, again, it's not something, I don't know, horribly inappropriate, um, then yeah, I mean, colors, I don't care. You know, she can dress however she wants to, more or less. Uh, but when you don't have that choice, or like Haley was talking about at the beginning of the show, sort of introducing concepts to your child, that's a real challenge because they don't have any context for that. They don't have the ability to necessarily make all of their own choices or have their own preferences, like you're saying. So does what? how does what we choose affect their later choices? Maybe that's a question I'll throw out to you all. What do you think? Um, I think that's a pretty deep philosophical question because, I mean is anything we feel real or is everything that we like and dislike, where does that come from? I mean, you can look at pictures of these kids surrounded by all of this pink stuff. And then there's a note in the article that we'll post about how their tastes tended to shift, but they all shifted to the same thing, which was then purple. So it's like their, their preferences are being guided by something larger than themselves. But at what point does that stop? I feel like that's a pretty fluid thing in all of our lives. I mean, that's how trends happen. Right. So I'm just kind of ambivalent to the idea that like, yeah, looking at these pictures of little girls like surrounded by nothing but pink is like, there's this visceral feeling I feel of like, oh my God, that's terrible. But I don't know if it really is because I don't know how much that really shapes them as a person. So have you done, you've done nothing to like, like, okay, honestly, honestly, <laughs> Let's you, be real here. you right, have sorry. done nothing to maybe even a little bit sway your kids to the direction of liking something that you want them to like. Oh, sure. I have. 
Like, oh, okay. yeah. no, it, I right, right. Like what? No. Like give an example. Well, um, let's see. I mean, I bought her a rainbow shirt because I was like, rainbows are awesome. You're gonna love this. <laughs> like, she doesn't care. <laughs> she doesn't. Well, she has no concept. But like, I'm telling her, you're gonna like rainbows, kid, because who doesn't like rainbows? <laughs> this is important for you to like on some strange level. But isn't everything that we've picked out for our kids, I mean, especially young kids, isn't everything we pick out kind of uh, expressing a preference? Okay, so so with color and my son, because he's been around longest, uh, I really tried to like, I worked hard to make sure that there was a variety of color. Because with boys, it's really difficult to find items that have color in them. Um especially with clothes, but like even products. So like his booster seat is pink and his, when I went and got bibs for him, I would pick like the rainbow, like the option with like all the colors, not just like the blues and greens and whites. Yeah. So he would be in like a pink bib sometimes or like red or whatever. Um, and I always picked the, like I would pick the variety of different colors of pacifiers. Like I, I just like consciously made an effort to do that. But then then there were some other things that I was like, maybe if I do, if I, if I like, <laughs> it's like, um, in, uh, inception, like if I put like, like Ince- inception oh. him with like, so like I, I picked out his mobile as a baby. I, I really love the color yellow and, and my room was yellow as a baby. So, um, I was like, I'm going to get him a yellow mobile because it's going to like go in into his mind and then maybe he'll <laughs> love yellow. <laughs> or like, so, um, he's like, he's a Pisces. So I was like, okay, I'm going to get him some fish stuff and he's going to love fish and he does love fish. But is that because of me or is it just like <laughs> every child loves fish? I don't know. Or because he's a Pisces or because he's a Pisces, which is like oh. a legitimate thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, and so maybe let's shift the, my earlier question, which was probably a little too deep to, Okay, so obviously we are influencing what our kids see and interact with early in their lives. We can't help it, whether it's because we're making choices or just because we're lazy and it's what we have or whatever, we're we're presenting stuff to them and it's a limited sort of environment. Um, Does that, and then if our kids grow up to sort of incorporate some of those things or not, how much does that influence really matter in the long run? Like yeah. if, if Haley's daughter grows up and loves rainbows because her mom leaned over her crib at night and whispered, you love rainbows. I do it every night. Um, <laughs> does that really matter? Or is it just, she likes rainbows? I mean, I don't want to be like, everything is meaningless. <laughs> like we'll end the <laughs> podcast on that note. I, I like it. Everything is meaningless. Thank you for joining us on Otterly Rap. We'll see you never because this is pointless too. We're just gonna we're just gonna stop now. But no, at the but same I, time, I, I mean, it's so easy to obsess over in both ways, right? Like, oh, I have to make sure that my kid is this or this or this or this or this. So, how do we make conscious choices without obsessing? I just try to give my kids all the options. Like I really, really, really work to give both my kids just all of the opportunities to like whatever they want. 
and it's filtered by what I think is appropriate and what I like, okay. Like I, like my son is not allowed to play football, even though, even though I love football, I actually, I love it, but I like for head injury reasons, it's a sport that I just will never allow. If he grows up loving football because of me, it's something that he's going to probably miss out on. Like, like I'm not going to support you playing it in high school. Like you're never going to be a pro football player. I don't care how broad your shoulders become. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. But, but on the other hand, like I think it's my job to show them as many options as I'm capable of without putting emphasis on one. So like uh, we, I, like my husband's family comes from a family of artists and um, the arts are big in our house. But if my kid doesn't become a prima ballerina, like I, it is not going to, it's no skin off my back. Like it's fine. Right. right. But that option is a hundred percent supported by me. And if he loves blue and he wants to play baseball and he is like a super masculine boy that is also supported by me. It's just like, I, I just want to like give it an even playing field, which I think is actually a, um, a radical parenting choice. I think the even playing field is just not something that happens in most households. And I'll, I'll say this, you know, we talk about options and choices a lot on the show. And sometimes it may seem like that we're repeating it over and over again, but honestly, I think you hit it on the head. It's one of the most, it's one of the really radical things that we can do for our kids is try to give them choices and put our, put our preferences out of that, out of the way as much as we can in those, like I said, certain things accepted, which makes sense. Right. No, I mean, that's, it's really difficult to do that because I think that we're all pretty set in our adult ways of what we think is right and what we think is a good path and opening that up and just broadening the field of experience that we can offer to kids is I think pretty radical because I think it's very easy to just pick the stuff you like. Like, I mean, I've got, hair bows that are pink and gold glittered. And maybe I do need to pick stuff. That's not the stuff that's just my own personal taste, which is kind of where I'm at right now. It's just like, I'm picking stuff out for her that I like. Well, that's I can. the point <laughs> of having children. Yeah. Like, right. You know, it's, it's it your is. Tiny dolls. Right. Yeah. And why else even have them? My God. Yeah. <laughs> Until they start to rebel against you. And then you just like put them in a corner somewhere and tell them, no, shame on you. No, <laughs> just kidding. But yeah, I, I think that that is a really radical choice because um, just looking at the options that are out there, they are so gendered. Have you guys ever had challenges in public with your kids when in regards to color or anything like that? Um, people think my daughter is a boy a lot of the time. Really? Yeah. That, that yes. happens with me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, um, that happens a lot. I don't know if it's because she has a blue coat. It doesn't seem to happen where she wears her pink coat, (laughs) but that's the only thing I can think of. Um, I don't know. She does wear overalls sometimes and that tends to be also when it happens. But she looks very feminine. That's That's like an interesting, right? Yeah. Like she's, she's like a very feminine looking girl, right? She's a very pixie little girl. And so I don't know. I think it's just that people, see one thing and that's all they see. So if they see overalls and they think, Oh, corduroy overalls, little boy. Yeah. I mean, I think the tendency to, to lump into 
into that gender binary is a whole other issue that we could talk about. But I think that's what's happening is that, you know, a, a person is just sort of passing by, glances over, sees the overalls or sees darker colors or sees certain types of activity or whatever, and just puts it in the boy box. But I think that like socially, it kind of goes back to what we we're saying before, like you see little girls dressed in boy clothing and people don't get all flustered about that. Um, Lauren, have you experienced anything with um, your son wearing um, more traditionally female colors, not female colors, feminine colors in, in public? So like it, well, if it's anything aside from blue, like if it's Hmm. any, any color, like uh, when he was, it's, it's so weird now because if my daughter is in anything but pink, everyone assumes she's a boy. And I think like all babies just look like babies. And I think we we default to the male. So like, I mean, I understand how that happens. It frustrates my husband a lot. He's like, oh, because, you know, I don't know why it frustrates him more than me. I'm just like, oh, whatever. Maybe I'm just used to it. But um, it's so I thought that any color meant girl because I started with a boy and any color I would have him in like stride them in like striped, like red and green and blue, um, like sweatpants. But I mean, they were like baby pants. Um, and we were in a grocery store and like, like we had like multiple conversations about how like, Oh my gosh, your daughter's so cute. And like, he, he like, he was probably like, um, like 10 months old. Like he definitely did not look like a girl at that point. He definitely looked like a boy. So I thought like, Oh, color equals girl. But then if my daughter is in anything except for like head to toe bows, everyone is like, oh, like even the, like we had to bring her in for like a blood test a couple weeks after she was born. And she was in a blue and gray striped onesie. And, oh, and like, I think she, yeah. And then pink pants. It was like a long sleeved one. And uh, the nurse was like, oh, your son did it. And I'm like, it is on the paperwork ma'am like she like like you should know which baby you're smoking at this point um which is just like a weird yeah I I think for boys it's way stricter and but then I don't know like everyone just like they people really need those signals when they're little they they just like don't know what to go off of they're all bald and they (laughs) they really look for that for that stuff but um Okay, so I'll throw this out as a suggestion to all of our listeners. The next time you see a really cute baby out somewhere, say, what a cute baby. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Right? Like, there are so many words that you can use that are not gender specific to describe young children. Baby, toddler, kid, child, etc. That's way better than what I've said. Oh, what is it? Yeah. (laughs) It's a baby. (laughs) It's a human. Like, I'm Haley. I'm from space. That's that's fine. Let me see your child. (laughs) What is this thing that you have in your arms? I kind of, I was nursing in the Nordstrom Nursing Lounge, which is like the best part about having a small human is the Nordstrom (laughs) Nursing Lounge. Um, And this happened this weekend. And um, I've never been in a nursing lounge with anyone else before. And this other mom came in and she had a, a smaller baby than, than Faye. And, um, she, she came in and, and she started, she like noticed a blanket that I had that was like the similar to theirs. And so she was asking me about it. And I, and I was, 
I was a little shocked, like, oh, you're going to talk to me while we're, we're both nursing. Okay, this is this is happening. I don't know the rules, but I guess I'm just going to go with it. And I I said, oh, how old is your little guy? And I meant it absolutely gender neutral, but she was like, oh, it's a girl. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, no, but like, I don't do that, ma'am. Like, I do not. Like, you don't, like I'm cool. And I did not. No, no, I did not assume anything. But you know, yeah, she has I, like her I, own I, podcast and she's like, this person. Yeah. <laughs> called totally thought guy. I baby. Yeah. But I used to I'm like, like, oh, that's great. But I used the word guy to be everyone, which is probably a bad feminist thing too. It's, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> There's so We're many not Canadians from South Park. We don't have to call everyone buddy and guy, right? <laughs> yeah. Just uh we could try to so maybe it, whether you're small humans or are small or big or whatever, you can uh you can strive when you see other people to try and at least just not assume that might go a long way right there. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, Lauren, where can people find you online? I am at betterinreallife.com and it's spelled with one L and, um, my podcast is on iTunes and you can search I'm better in real life or, uh, I don't, yeah, I think that's it. I think maybe my full name, but I don't really know how that works yet. There are li- there are links <laughs> on the blog. You'll be fine. People will find it. Yeah, we're new to iTunes too, and we say very much the same thing. Go to otterlyrad.com or not dang it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go to soundcloud.com slash otterlyrad. It's on my brain because I think I own the domain name, but I haven't done anything with it yet. Anyway, soundcloud.com slash otterlyrad. And you can listen to all of our past episodes and you can chime in on any of the topics that we've talked about. You can comment there. You can leave us a rating and review on iTunes. You could do the same for Lauren's podcast. I'm sure she would appreciate it. Very much. And uh, until next time, I hope you and all of your children of all all types uh, stay utterly rad. Bye.